All right, great to have you back. It's time now to look between the headlines where we often find the news that gets buried, but shouldn't because it actually does matter to you. Let's bring in Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporting, a subscription-based magazine that gets all the goods in Ottawa. It is great to have you, Tom, at what a busy time. I don't know where to start. So I'll start with this. Um, tomorrow, big finance committee hearing the Kielberger brothers are going to be uh, set to testify, as well as Barbara Douglas. And who is she? Well, she was a chair of the board that all of a sudden was no longer kind of dumped out of that. I actually think she's one of the most important, if not the most important witness we will hear from. Problem for uh, the cabinet, there's no doubt about it, is these committee hearings. And I'll tell you why. Um, they, they don't have the votes. They're, there's a minority parliament. They don't have the votes on these committees. And the committees have been going gangbusters on uh, many issues, uh, very important issues related to the pandemic, let alone the We Charity fiasco. So th there's going to be determination. They're really after the documents, Alex, because it's it's all on the paper, right? It's all the paper trail. You get 50 versions of this Rubik's Cube of a charity program that no one could figure out where the numbers didn't add up. And the grant was twice what we, we were told it was, and, but, but the program was smaller than what taxpayers were told. It's all unbelievably complicated. But when you get it on black and white, that's uh, usually fatal. And that's where these committees are going. It's a big problem for cabinet. It is, and it will be interesting to see uh, what uh, Justin Trudeau and Katie Telford, how they kind of spin their spin, given um, the Kilbergers go ahead of them tomorrow. And then, of course, um, you know, what we hear, kind of the inner workings of we. So it's popcorn must-see TV, but we will, I'll be popping mine now for the next couple of days. Wanted to dive into a couple of headlines because, you know, way back in the day when former Jim Flaherty, uh, the late great Jim Flaherty, took a you know, a private plane for $3,100 to give a speech. He was absolutely vilified. Well, now we find out that taxpayers have paid $73,300 to Jet Health Minister Patricia Haidu home for weekends in Thunder Bay, even though this was at a time when they, that her, she herself was saying, don't fly, non-essential travel only. And here she is flying the same jet and doing the very thing that, you know, Jim Flaherty took heat for. It's very awkward. I understand it's a very handsome jet. I've never been on one. It's a, it's a Cessna Citation. It's seat seven. And the seats, I got to tell you, they look really comfortable. Uh, Mr. Haidu flew alone, just, just her and the flight crew. And she would give speeches about follow the public health agency directives, people. People don't listen, quote unquote. Go to the grocery store. Stay home. How can you be so reckless and selfish by not staying home and following public health directives? And then she would get in the car, <laughs> go to the airfield here in Ottawa, and get on that handsome jet and go up to Thunder Bay for the weekend, return on the Monday. We are told that was for pressing constituency business, though no one knows what that would be because there was a pandemic shutdown at the time. Minister Haidu says she was working uh, virtually on her French lessons. We don't mm. really know what she was doing. And then the plane would come all the way, a thousand kilometers, all the way from the North Shore of Lake Superior, all the way back to Ottawa on Friday night. And then it would leave Monday to pick her up and come back $73,000 
Forget about climate emergency. No kidding. It's not a good book. It's quite a carbon footprint. But it's also like one of the weekends was uh, the Easter weekend. Remember when the prime minister crossed uh, Quebec uh, borders, breaking that law and then going to visit his family when he just told the whole country, stay put. And she's doing the same thing. And then you wonder, Tom, why no one listens to those in charge and are holding house parties and doing whatever they want. They're so reckless, so selfish, those people. <laughs> <laughs> and Minister Haidu's case, she did it four weekends out of sex. She went up there May long weekend. No one knows why. Defied her own agency's advice. Can never resist an opportunity to tell Canadians how inadequate they are in once again failing to follow the rules. Mm. Do as I say, not as I do. I find this one interesting. It's a federal website and it's pushing and promoting climate change commentary, opposing aid for oil companies or airlines claiming the world remains on fire. So apparently Greta is now being, uh, co you know, um, you know, quoted here, there and everywhere. But um, neither the author or the Department of Industry would comment on this. But I mean, here is a government website and it's openly, I mean, there's so many examples where they're openly bashing oil and promoting all things green. What, what's, what gives with this? It's a government website. It's the uh, it's it's an, a granting agency that's under authority of the Department of Industry, and they thought it was a good idea under a website feature called Fresh Perspectives, quote unquote, to publish commentaries by researchers who get federal grants. In this case, was a professor of climate at Queen's University got a forty six thousand dollar grant, so they published her commentaries once again on a government website. You paid for it. In which she talked about the world is on fire. How can we be so retrograde? Why are we giving money to uh, the oil industry or airlines? Uh, we need a new. It was a Green New Deal commentary. This is on a government website, and 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 our question was, what's the criteria here? This website belongs to everybody because everybody paid for it, which is why no government ever publishes private commentaries, especially by people who are merely expressing an opinion, because 38 million Canadians have one of those, but the other 37.999 don't get to put it on a government website. So what's the criteria? We couldn't get a straight answer. No one was interested in discussing that. Kind of infuriating, and it's interesting to know what other commentaries were not deemed worthy of being broadcast, shotgunned on the internet by the government of Canada. Well, it's propaganda, straight up. Yeah, that's what it is. The implication is the Canadian Institute of uh, Social Sciences that uh, that awarded the grant agency, that awarded the grant, rather, to these researchers and wanted to republish their work on their website, Government of Canada website, agreed with them. Mm. Well, you know... <laughs> It's not as if there's not 38 million opinions on the oil industry. Why would you endorse that one from someone who doesn't have a constituency? As every MP says, if you want to argue about public policy, feel free to run for parliament. Go ahead. In the meantime, we all have our own opinions. Yeah, and you wonder why the West feels so attacked and uh, alienated right now. I don't have a lot of time for this one, but I do think it's interesting because the constables are being spit on, um, you know, cursed at, yelled at, and it's all in the aftermath of Black Lives Matter protests around the world. And the uh, police union told the Commons Public Safety Committee uh, union executives, you know, that they, they've got to kind of 
They're being unfairly targeted in the media debate on bigotry. And this is, of course, after uh, there was a committee hearing where I guess the RCMP Veterans Association said that it was humiliated by Justin Trudeau taking the knee. Um, so there, there is a general consensus among police forces across this country that they feel very undermined um, and they're being you know, unfairly attacked. And the title of the committee hearings is Systemic Racism in Policing. So police unions very upset. As you point out, this is the all the blowback to that June 5th appearance by the Prime Minister on Parliament Hill demonstration by Black Lives Matters, where he knelt, and the fact that these hearings are ongoing. Uh, the police unions were extremely candid. Nobody named the prime minister by name, but uh, both RCMP union and provincial and municipal police force uh, unions said that's enough of that. Well, it's an interesting time and we'll see where that conversation is going. And uh, I don't think it's going anywhere quickly. So um, we, of course, will talk with you on Wednesday. We'll do the post debate on what we heard in uh, committee. So enjoy tomorrow. Outstanding, Alex. Thank you, sir. That is Tom Korski, a Black Locks reporting a subscription-based magazine out of uh, Ottawa. If you love politics, they cover everything. When we come back, we pull the curtain behind of we, and we'll talk to somebody who can talk to us about what the dream job was like when it turned into a nightmare. And he's got a lot to say. We'll talk to him next. Stay with us here on Point. Alex Pearson, your news at the top of the hour. You're listening to On Point on Global News Radio.